emergency? I just want everyone to know that is honey beatboxing right now. Ready? I could really beatbox. Let's hear it. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me let me think of a beat. <laughs> I'll just do what I've been doing. <laughs> hey. Said I know this life seems strange No, I'm so out of order for stepping to you this way See, I've been watching you for a while And I just gotta let you know that I'm really feeling your style I'm not made for a band <laughs> I didn't sound that good right now anyway No, you did, you Whatever. sounded great Oh my god, thank you. You don't have to lie, but thanks. No, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. But I also couldn't really hear you because I was trying to focus on my beat. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I was focusing too hard, yeah. so I couldn't like I, I don't know what know. I was doing Me right either. now. <laughs> Let's not play that back. Uh, Hello. Yes, and we're back. I'm Todd. I'm honey. <laughs> <laughs> and we sing. We sing, we <laughs> dance, we act, we have accents. And we talk about murder. murder. <laughs> and then screams in the background. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And we also drink, most importantly. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> the most important part. Tonight honestly. we're just having wine, nothing crazy. So Yeah, um, nice little reasoning, yeah. nice little white. Exactly. We um, we went to a gay bar this past weekend. Oh my god! Oh, I so had the time of my life. I will no so longer be participating in any straight activities. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your first gay bar? Straight people are canceled. Yes. <laughs> That is my first first gay bar. It was so much fun. If you live in I San Diego, you go oh to Hillcrest. And what did we do? So we started at – we actually started in like – what what North is it? Park. North Park yeah. area. That's where Polite Provisions is. One of yeah. my oh, favorite spots. So good. Love um, Then we headed over to Hillcrest, our little gay village. Yeah. And uh, we went to Gossip Grill, yes. which was a blast. Um. Almost got honey a little girlfriend I in got there. Two. <laughs> two of them. Two girlfriends. Yeah. I I will say this. Um, if you go to a gay club with like your homegirls or whatever, bring a straight man. Bring a straight bring your boyfriends. They are so funny. Dude, it's hilarious because all they do, and you can tell who's straight. It's yeah, it's, the guy yeah, it's pretty clear. Standing in the corner. <laughs> Watching not everyone, sure what to do, not to look too uncomfortable. Yeah, he um, wants to look available but unavailable. But unavailable. Like Absolutely. he's like, I'm here to have fun, but don't have fun with me. But don't have too much fun. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. That's you can tell. You can totally tell, and it's hilarious because. The gays and the lesbians sniff it out. Oh my gosh! And they, they look at them from a mile away, and it oh is. Oh my goodness! It's hilarious. I say this because we brought a straight man yeah. with us yeah. to Hillcrest. It was amazing. We went to the gay bars. It was so much fun. Um, and yeah, they sniffed him out so quick. Oh my god! And they made him. They wanted to make him feel so uncomfortable, and they <laughs> did. It was great. But he had such a he great had, time. Yeah, he had a great time, of course. And it was just, it was so much fun. Yes. Oh he, my God. he ended up like dancing and having a great time. It but was so much At fun. first, you could tell it was his first it time. Like, uh, he was in his little shell. And yeah. they kind of like he brought had him his out. sunglasses on. <laughs> so funny. But they brought him out, you know? Yes. They were very welcoming. Very welcoming. Yes. How do you there. not have fun, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to you, girl. You almost got you a yeah. little friend, friend. I almost did. It was it was great. It was a great time. What's I, so if you funny? Want to boost your ego, please don't cancel me. If you want to boost your <laughs> ego, please, please go to a gay or lesbian club. Yeah, please. Like your ego would be through the fucking roof. the roof. Oh my god, I didn't want to leave. 
I was like, I want to live here. And don't be a hater. Like, seriously, yeah. I just say that because there was this girl that was so cute. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> I, like, pushed Honey into her yeah. just so she could do the, like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, what's your name? You. <laughs> <laughs> so she I did so it. Cute. She was oh, so gosh. cute. She was I like nudged you into her and she kind of turned around, right? And yeah. was like, oh, and like but smiled. She didn't see me because I'm short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. But her homegirl, maybe it was her girlfriend. No, they were both of the same. Oh, God, how do I say this? <laughs> <laughs> they were both the same type of. They were both studs. Yeah, the same. Yeah. Um, which I mean, hey, I guess studs and studs can be girlfriends, whatever. Yeah. But she, but it did seem more like of a hater cock blocking type of situation. Oh, she like she, like, like tried to move you out the way and like yeah, I'm here to protect grabbed, my friend. But it was like friend. she literally grabbed her friend's yeah. arm and walked off. But I was what like, you didn't know is like my sister was trying to take her to Pound Town. Okay, like, hello, <laughs> what happened to Wee Man nowadays? What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, seriously. But it was so much fun. I got so drunk to the point where I have not even touched liquor since what was that Saturday? Yeah. Because ooh oh my God. and then we're you were supposed to come to an event oh my gosh. on Sunday with me, and I'm calling her already at the event. <laughs> she is in bed. I'm like, why are I you not? Move. I was like, so you're not on your way. And she goes, everyone. Taj goes, I I can't. I just don't feel. I don't feel good right now. Like she was literally bedridden. Like I'm like, oh my god. I couldn't move. This is 27. Hangover. I was like, well, I want to go home then. Cause <laughs> what am I doing here? I swear that was like the morning. That was like the first morning in a very long time that I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm never drinking again. Yeah. Like that. I had so much fun the night before, but oh the god. next day was lethal yeah. like i again yeah. i missed the entire event mind you the event wasn't until like six o'clock yeah, no, it was in the evening in the evening yeah. so i was dead all day the, the entire day like it and the next day was yeah, monday day. after yeah. that and i was still like yeah. fuck i still had that slight hint yeah. of of hangover yeah, yeah just yeah, like yeah. i could feel it in the totally. back of my head but totally totally either way it was so much fun yeah I'm glad we were able to do that. We have to go back to Hillcrest again. Oh my god, for sure. I have to go. And then that cigar lounge. Oh my oh, god. I, that's like my uh, new thing now is cigars. It was amazing. It's cigar so sexy. and wine. Oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, such I a good it. time. Such, such a yeah, good time. That was oh, that was a great, yeah. great Saturday. Good weekend. Sure. Good Saturday for sure. Um, anyways, uh yeah, we drink and talk about murder. We do. Um, we talk about black victims, people of color victims, because they're uh, oftentimes their stories are untold, underreported, uh -huh. um, or they just they need to be, you know, highlighted a little bit more. Um, and before we get into our fucked up stories, we like to rant in our belligerent corners. Yeah. Because so, um, we get drunk and we get belligerent. Exactly. <laughs> and we we may say some things that you may agree or disagree on, yeah, but whatever. whatever. Who gives Who a fuck? Okay, so. You can just skip it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, like, if don't if even... you really hate us that much, just skip it. Yeah, just skip it. Just go straight go to the, to true, the crime true crime like, yeah, cases. Um, yeah, so there were a couple things that we could talk about today yeah, in our up? belligerent. Um, and I'll kind of lay out some of the topics. For one, we I wanted to touch up on Issa Rae okay. and how she just recently got married. <gasps> and oh my god. Yes, and nobody even knew that like she was with anyone. So yeah. it was like super moving silence. Amazing. Like I love that. Like real G's yeah. move in silence like lasagna type yeah, shit. Like, absolutely. Um, but I wanted to bring it up because I saw a tweet that was actually um, tweeted by a friend of mine. Her name is Brie. And uh, her name on Twitter is Brie Keela. And she said, the way Issa moved in silence, let's normalize that. Mm. So, so simple, so straight to the point, right? But you know how... Um, rage culture is mm -hmm. they just can't let people say things without them having to go hard and be crazy mm -hmm. so um 
I think that that's dope, yeah. moving in silence in your relationship, and then you pop up married. I thought that that was so cute. Absolutely. There's no need for us to amazing. be out in the world trying yep. to sh- trying to prove to the world how yep. great my relationship is, Absolutely. especially if it's great at home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people had bad shit to say about that tweet. Like what? this, the first one I see here, normalize being yourself. Let's do that. Y'all always trying to be like celebs when they don't. When they do something, bro, like, stop. Okay, anyways, goodbye. (laughs) Bye. And then someone tweeted earlier um, that actually went viral. It said, oh, but last year y'all wanted to be loved out loud. So they're like, which is it? You want to be loved out loud or you want to, like, keep your relationship silent between y'all? Well, let me just go a little bit deeper about being loved out loud. It doesn't necessarily mean like post me every fucking day on social media. You may not have to post me on social media at all, but love out loud simply means don't keep me a secret, whether that's from your family, your friends. Uh There's a reason why, uh, okay, I just think like as a woman, if you're not gonna show me off to your friends, at least show me off somewhere. Where's a different outlet where you can show me off? Okay, fine, boom, social media. Show me off over there because you're clearly not showing me off in other areas of your life. Yeah, I mean, I think that like there's a difference and I think people don't understand the difference between keeping your relationship private and keeping your relationship secret. Ooh, and say that. I think like a lot of people get like mixed up. First of all, fuck that tweet because people tweeting uh, – anyways, people just want to be extra and we talked about this last week. People yeah. just want to be different and so they make up stupid scenarios to be different <laughs> than others. But anyways, so yeah, I think that there is a big difference between secret and private and I am definitely the type of person that I feel like I, I – have the type of discernment where I know the difference. I know when someone is keeping me a secret. Okay. Mm. But I also know when someone is just not, it, it's not about keeping me private. It's about us being private. And that's the difference. Mm. When someone is quote unquote, keeping you private, that's not privacy, that's secrecy. Mm. But when you guys are like, yeah, like, we love each other. We don't need to do all the extra shit and make the TikToks and fucking YouTube videos and, and like prank for, shit yeah. for Instagram for the whole world to yeah. like know that we love each other. No, we we love each other. And we also don't want anybody in our business because mm-hmm. let's keep it real. No matter how great your relationship is, you go through ups and downs. Yep. And some people just don't want that to be put or out in the forefront. Or you don't want people to speculate. Like let's say, right. like, let's say it becomes a ritual for two Two months straight that your man posts you on Wednesday right. talking about how bad you look and that's his crush for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then there's that one month where he doesn't post you because it just simply like that just, you just wasn't didn't a thing do anymore. much that month. Yeah, people are like gonna because I speculate on people who I'm are guilty super of that. Open. Yes. Yeah, people who are super open with their relationships and they have a ritual or consistent thing, and then that consistent thing isn't a thing anymore. I think oh, they are not together or they're going through something. I am the type that if I notice that my homegirl took all her pictures off of her Instagram, like her her and like her man um, or her girlfriend, like whatever, if if I notice that they took their pictures down, I'm like, yo, what happened? Exactly. And it could just be simply like a clear, it could be any reason, but I'm Absolutely. automatically like something bad happened, what happened? Yeah, exactly. So that is like, especially, you just don't want people to yeah. speculate either. You don't. You and they're going to form their own narrative anyways. Yeah. Once again, like you could be on social media and you can have like this like quote unquote great perfect relationship because for some reason all everybody on social media and relationships for some reason it's perfect um what if like when something bad does happen then it's like i don't know for me that just feels like damn i failed the audience like Mm. our relationship is fucked up yeah not only and that's an issue oh my god that that raises an issue yes the audience is not in your fucking exactly my relationship is not for y'all it's for me yeah exactly and if i choose to post my man i will post my man if if i don't want to it is what it is it's It's not that big of a deal no it's not and it's okay for your man to not want to post you either but as long you as you have that discernment like you mentioned yeah to know is he keeping me a secret or Mm -hmm. is it 
because he just doesn't want everybody in his business. Exactly. Because there is a there's a huge difference and you mm-hmm. can feel it and you can tell. And let's be real, like when people say I want to be loved out loud, like that doesn't necessarily mean on social media it, either. Exactly. Just because exactly. you don't post me on That's social just a media. Small example of what people are. I you know. I guarantee you, Issa and her man everybody that they know that they're close to her family her friends his family his friends they probably all knew exactly what was going on they knew they were together they probably knew exactly when not exactly when he was going to propose but you know they like it's like all the, the people, people that you love, the important know. people, that's who I want to be loved out loud to. Fuck yeah, everybody else. Absolutely. I want to make, I want your family to know that you love me. I want my family to know that you love yep. me and vice versa. Yep. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, anyways. Wow. Yeah. That's that. It's crazy how people, though, are, <laughs> they have something to say you know, in response to like, Hey, let's normalize privating our relationships. Like yeah. people are really like, oh, okay. Like, but last year y'all wouldn't be love out loud. And, or the Ugh. other tweet, like let's normalize being ourselves. Like that nobody said just because someone says yeah. something does not mean you can take it personally. Like, you don't have to take the shit personally. You don't. Everything that people say is a reflection of them based off of their lives, based off of their perspective, uh-huh. based off of, what they're going through. It has nothing to do with you. You don't have to respond in a nasty tone. Exactly. So you annoying. definitely do not at so all. So fucking at annoying. All. I'm sick and tired of people on social media. Let me just say, I'm sick and tired of myself on social media because I be saying some opinions too. And I'm like, girl, you didn't have to do all that. You didn't <laughs> like, have to. I know I didn't have well, to do all I, that, but I, I did Well, I will find it, myself like, especially Twitter because I love Twitter. I will find myself like somebody will say something that I probably don't agree with and I mean like definitely don't agree with and what they say is probably really stupid and I will find myself getting ready to type out a response telling them how fucking stupid they sound but then I'm like I always stop myself I'm like first of all this is exactly what that person is looking for they are looking for someone like me to go in on them yep. so that it could start like a debate or it could just give them some attention or it it's like everyone just wants fucking attention. Ugh, fucking attention that's horse all that's all it is and a lot of you guys fall for that bait <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh you, you know who says it um lil nas x so you know he's been in um the public eye Absolutely. and he has, he has been been so gay <laughs> i mean he's been so gay um, but video, a lot of people have something to say about that. Loki, though, I thought it was like super dope, super dope. Concept. I didn't watch it. Okay. The last thing I saw from him was the kiss on stage. Oh yeah. Um, and of course, uh, so many people video, were outraged. Yeah, he's in prison, and then like the shaking prisoners ass. are shaking ass. Okay, I saw <laughs> that. Part. I saw that clip. It's, I kind of like. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they're shaking ass in real life okay. too. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no, but um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. People were so outraged over that. Like, they are going hard yeah. on him over that, which, you know, whatever. I have my own opinions about it, whatever, whatever. But he has come out like 10 times and said, like, I love seeing how outraged people are. Yeah. Literally, I'm doing this now just to get under your guys' skin. And it's then people still let it get under their yeah. skin. I'm like, this guy is literally telling you what yeah. he's doing, what yeah. he's going to do. And right. you fall for it every time. Every it's ridiculous. Time. Every single time. It's crazy. Yeah. It is so, so, so crazy. Um, we have a little bit more time, so I wanted to touch up on um, Simone Biles. Okay. Um, sorry, just got a cute text right now. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know, we just got off of our Instagram Live. Yeah. That's every Wednesday, 7 p.m. PST. We give you another story, and it's live. We get to interact with you guys, so it's really dope. Um yeah, just so you know, we just got off of it right now. So that's why we're a little tipsy too, because we've already been drinking. Um, but anyways, I wanted to touch on Simone Biles. She is one of the greatest Olympians ever in mm-hmm. life. She is a gymnast. She is so good that literally the moves that she was doing were banned because the judges had no idea how to judge it. Oh, wow. They had no idea how to score her. Oh and they also said, 
that her moves were banned because they were afraid that it was going to encourage other gymnasts to try these crazy fucking impossible moves that she did and it's going to be bad for uh like physically be bad for them they don't want other people getting hurt trying to attempt her moves so this girl is like so crazy good talk about black girl magic and Mm -hmm. she has also been through so much i mean she was the face of um what is his name? Larry Nasser. Um, that entire scandal. He was the gymnastics coach that ended up like molesting like so many wow. of the gymnasts. And um, she wow. was one of the main ones. And so she kind of became the face of that, yeah. um, of that whole situation. Luckily, he is in prison yeah. and will be there probably until he dies. Oh my God. Um, and she's just been going through so much. I could imagine in being in the Olympics and being the best athlete, basically, mm. almost in the world. She's mm-hmm. one of the best in the world. Um, she pulled out just yesterday. Oh. She pulled out of the Olympics. And she said that she would rather her team go on without her. Um, and she, she wanted to focus on herself mentally. She was mentally not in the place. Mm-hmm. And she felt like if she competed – they would not get that medal, that first uh, place medal. And so she took it upon herself to step down, which I think is so noble and so dope. And I just wanted to bring the story up because I know it was probably so hard on her to say, I need to take a break for my mental health. Mm. And if you are not a mental health advocate, if you don't believe in having good mental health, if you don't, you know, like if, if, Because a lot of people still think that's a bunch of hooey. (laughs) Like, um, a lot of people are calling her weak, you know? Like, if you don't don't believe in really, like, making sure that your mental is is in the right place – they are literally like blaming her and calling her selfish for stepping down. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Which is so hard because with her, I know she that probably went through her head like, is this selfish of me to step down? And Absolutely. that probably weighs on her Absolutely. as well yeah, on top of everything else. I, I do agree with you. I do think that it is noble of her. And I think it's, I, it's you know, an inspiration to anybody to be sure that you put yourself first for sure like 100 that's, that's a mere example of that i do want to say this though and again this is just an assumption oh Doesn't lord it's right uh-huh. just an opinion not even an opinion just kind of like just thinking that's all yeah. it's just a thought that just popped in my head do you think it's a form of self-sabotage because she is of this high caliber of an athlete. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine what it's like having all of that pressure to bring home a medal for the team. That's a lot of fucking pressure. the team and then her going through her head thinking, oh, my God, but what if I don't? Everything bring- is on her. Yeah. What if I don't bring home the medal for the mm-hmm. team? Mm-hmm. Let me sit this one out. Do you think maybe she's kind of, uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way. Do you Absolutely. think she's a little scared? Um, I think she's a little scared. You know what? I don't think so. No? Okay. She's competed before. True. She has so many medals. And trust me, that is something that crossed my mind because that's something that crossed my mind when it came to Shakari Richardson, who is the second yeah. fastest woman in the world. Absolutely. And she was getting ready to run for the Olympics, mm-hmm. but um, I guess she had smoked or ate an edible or something. Tested positive for THC. Mm-hmm. And that's something that ran through my mind because when we saw Shakari Richardson run, everybody put everything on her all of our own hopes and dreams and wanting to win were on her so i thought to myself damn that is so much pressure me i would have self-sabotaged myself Mm. only because i know now i'm good under pressure yeah but that is a different kind of pressure the world watching you the world for you is a different kind of pressure you have been she is the second fastest woman in the world the first fastest is from jamaica um, or she's not even the, se- the first fastest woman. She's the 
she's the second fastest person yeah. ever in the world, but she carries the second fastest woman. And um, yeah, so uh, so I kind of thought that too. Maybe it's self sabotage. The only difference I think in this case is that I don't believe Shakari has competed in the Olympics, whereas I do believe Simone Biles has. She has won so many medals. So at this point to her, of course, I'm sure she's nervous. I'm sure it's a lot of pressure. I know that for a fact. Dude, yeah. Like this is this is what she does. This is what you train for. You've trained for this, you know, for your entire life. You've trained for this. So do I feel like self-sabotage? No. Do I feel like she had mentioned something she said i like i do this because it it was fun and to me that sounded like oh it's not fun for her no more Mm. i think she's gotten to a place where like maybe it was the pressure or maybe she has trained so hard because the olympics were supposed to be last year Mm. so she had to have a whole extra year of training for this year um i think she, she maybe she just lost a love for it and maybe really like she has been through so much, like, again, with the Larry Nasser stuff to, again, having a whole extra year of having to stay in shape and be the best she possibly could yes. for her to have these, to be one of the greatest athletes in the world and for judges not to be, not to be able to score her and tell her your moves are banned. Like yeah. she was, pro- she's probably over it. Honestly, yeah, I was gonna say that's like that's a really good point to say that she is. Yeah, I feel like the love would always be there, but the passion and the interest is probably fading away. Yeah, because she's already conquered what needed to be conquered in I that mean, field, dude. Yeah. So yeah, no, that makes so yeah. much sense. It makes so much sense, and so for her, her mental break is probably her confliction of do I even want to keep doing this? Right, exactly. You know, because she probably wants to move on to something else. She probably has already well, she's started been... other projects that we probably don't, don't even, even know about. about. Yeah. Right, exactly. She's like, my, my passion she's, is I think she's 23. Now. She's been doing this. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah for yeah, 23 yeah. years, yeah. basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Wow. So, no, yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely, I wanted to bring that up because – if you have anything bad to say about her, fuck you. If you had anything bad to say about Shakari, yeah, again, I had my own thoughts initially, but the, the, again, the pressure is crazy. Shakari, her mother had just passed away. Um, so yeah, the pressure on these people, it's, it, it's just funny where people at home that can't even dribble a basketball, <laughs> that can't even can't run a, a mile. Bitch can't do a cartwheel. <laughs> right. Who oh. breathe hard when they go up one flight of stairs. They got say. something to say something about to say. these world-renowned yeah. athletes. Like, yeah. it's just, it's so funny yeah. to me. But I brought it up because if you have anything bad to say, fuck you. But also, mental health is so important. It and is. it doesn't matter who you are, what field you're in, what you're mm-hmm. doing. Take care of yourself first. Yep. And stop giving a fuck about other people. Yep. If you feel like it is going to hurt you and your mental health, which will also fuck with your physical health, mm-hmm. um, just do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. That, that's all I wanted to say on that matter. Yep. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, so... I just want to give my credit to Crime Museum and all things interesting. Um, I'm going to talk about Delphine Lalori, the most brutal woman in history. Oh, wow. Lalori was born around 1775 after her family moved from Ireland to New Orleans. She married in the 1800s to a Spanish officer, and in 1804, they went to Spain. Lalori gave birth to a daughter, Marie, and um, her husband died before they reached Madrid. Mm. After traveling back to New Orleans, Lalori then married a banker and had four more children, um, which in the early 1800s, slut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a whore. What a whore. <laughs> 
second husband died eight years after they got married. Wait, I do want to say I follow this Twitter page and it's called Whores of Yore. Oh and it's like all the quote unquote whores from like back in like the 1800s <gasps> and it's like oh photos God. of them it's so like i it's one of my favorite Please pages send to follow that to me. it's, I would it's love, amazing i am gonna have the time of my life tonight <laughs> i love looking at yeah just old shit especially yeah. shit like that yeah, yeah. exactly hilarious it's so funny um yeah so her second husband died eight years after they got married Finally, she married Dr. Leonard Lori, Lou Lori, in 1825 and moved her to the infamous mansion that we're going to talk about. Ooh. Not to mention, this is New Orleans in the 1800s. Unfortunately, our people were enslaved. Yeah. And specifically, they were enslaved by Madame oh my gosh. Delphine. Lou I know Lori. this story. Okay, okay. I've definitely read on this one. This bitch was very cruel. Mm. Rumors claim that she often chained her 70-year-old cook to the stove. To the stove. And it it just, everyone brace yourselves. Trigger warning. It goes downhill Mm. from here. There were other rumors that she was keeping secret slaves for her doctor husband to practice Haitian voodoo medicine on okay jesus i would have hexed her for sure yeah facts big facts there were other reports that her cruelty extended to her daughters who she would punish and whip if they had tried to help the slaves in any way Mm. wow these were just rumors that at the time may or may not have been confirmed and i also wondered if anyone after hearing these rumors how much did they care yeah too you know what well, i mean yeah you know what's really fucked up um on subject but off subject you know we grew up in a lutheran school very white very conservative don't know why we went there but we were like the only black kids there yeah. um i remember my teacher telling me um in the history chapter when it came up and then the slave trade came up um, which history books are all already fucked up, but he had the audacity to say like, well, you know, like not every slave owner treated their slaves badly. Like some slave owners were nice to their slaves. Like how is nice and slave in the, in same, the same sentence? sentence. That and doesn't. how did that come out of your mouth? Yeah. I would like to know. And so it's like when you hear stories like this, where she would be upset, even if her children were like nice or would like help, her slaves the enslaved um like how how would anyone ever believe that slave owners were nice nice. to to slaves like they wouldn't even allow their children to be nice to slaves like it's crazy there was a rumor that a young enslaved little girl named leah had fallen from the mansion after hurting Lilori while brushing her hair. Hurting or Lilori's hair was just Or she was tender headed yeah. bitch. Like come so on. let's get it together. Witnesses saw Lilori after Leah had quote quote unquote fallen from the window. Mm. Um Lilori buried the girl's corpse and police were forced to find her $300 to make LaLaurie just sell all nine of her slaves because the rumors got pretty bad. The town was talking mm. and um, it the rumors were so out of hand that the police told her to, you know, again, wow. just sell them. Yeah. Um, and of course, they all looked the other way when she purchased them all back. Oh I my gosh. I have no words. After Leah's death, the locals began to doubt LaLaurie, denying rumors even more than they already were. Then, a fire broke out that would then confirm a horrendous sight. When a fire broke out, and I just imagined, like, a fire breaking out, and, like, there's, like, some guy with a bell and the hammer, like, hitting the bell, screaming, (laughs) fire, (laughs) and gathering, like, all the people in the community to fill up (laughs) waters in a bucket and like, <laughs> and I'll pour a bucket yeah. of water oh, yeah. and then run back and to the well and, and fill it up again. And then it's not even the 
just the well, but like imagine how long it takes to like get the water to actually go into the bucket, and they have to like fucking crank the fucking thing. And then like, and, and then we like <laughs> splash it, and it's and just like, like a small splash because they're running, and all the water is spilling out as while they're, they're running. running. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what I imagine. <laughs> that's what happened. That's actually that's true. That's what happened. Lalori <laughs> was nowhere to be found. Of course. The locals went inside, and throughout the years, um, this is what had stood the test of time of what they saw, meaning uh, this room, these rumors stood the test of time. Um, so it's quite possible that this is true, and actually some of this was actually reported, mm-hmm. um, but some of them could actually just be like an over-exaggeration. Who knows? But I don't think these are exa- exaggerations at no, all. So no, no, not when it go. comes to our... No. First, they found the enslaved people in the attic. Oh, no. And they were clearly beaten and tortured. <sighs> Uncorroborated reports from eyewitnesses claim that there were at least seven slaves beaten, bruised, and bloodied. Okay, you guys, trigger warning from oh, here on gosh. out. Okay. Okay, so, and bloodied to within an inch of their lives, their eyes gauged out, skin flayed mouths filled with excrement and then sewed shut what what did she do to them one particularly disturbing report claimed there was a woman whose bones had been broken and reset so that she resembled a crab (gasps) no and that another woman was wrapped in human intestines. (gasps) You know, it just, it sounds like, yeah, she was very fucked up, but clearly her doctor husband was doing a lot of this too. Because for you to break someone's bones and then reset... Her husband, who's a doctor. Yeah, Yeah. and then reset them to look like a crab, someone who's not like a medical professional would know how how to do that. That's an interesting So it's like they were like experimenting on the enslaved. Oh my gosh. The witness also claimed that there were people with holes in their skulls (gasps) and wooden spoons near them that would be used to stir their (gasps) brains. While they were alive. It was said that there were dead bodies in the attic as well, their corpse mutilated beyond recognition, their organs not all intact or inside their bodies. Oh, I can't. I can't. This oh my was gosh. A, a scene. They were straight up torturing. This this these was a people. torture chamber, like okay. Some say there were only a handful of bodies. Others claim there were over 100 victims. Either way, it cemented Madame LaLaurie's reputation as one of the most brutal women in history. What happened to Madame Delphine LaLaurie? Well, during the fire, she fled to Mobile, Alabama, and then made her way to Pali. No way. And lived her fucking life until she croaked over on December 7th, 1849 at the age of 62. So nothing happened to her. So nothing happened to her. And she got to die there in Paris. There were letters in Paris. Yes, so there were. <laughs> you like my. <laughs> say it again. Say it. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Um, there were like letters back and forth from like her son and like another family member where there's where. Her, the son basically said that she had thought about going back to New Orleans, trying Mm. not to, her excuse was that she really didn't want to flee. It was just like the fire and other things were going on Mm -hmm. in her life that, you know, like she just so happened to leave and that she wanted to come back. But pretty much her, um, like other family members in Paris, including her fucking like, children convinced her to not go and that she would be stupid to go back wow (laughs) but yeah and that is um the story of the most brutal woman in history and it's so sad that those victims did Mm. not have a proper burial i'm sure i'm sure Um, they couldn't even recognize them (sighs) so how could they even 
find family members. They said there were a handful of bodies, but there were probably hundreds. A handful to a hundred. That does it. I mean, come on. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah. It sounds like literally her, her doctor husband was experimenting on these and it makes sense that makes a lot of sense and she probably found a husband holes she's married, in their skull she's married three times and let me needless to say two of her husband i think all two or all three if not two out of out of the three died hmm. under they, what circumstances years after they married her so this was a, a whole oh fucking serial sicko psychopathic fucking serial killer and yeah so i yeah it's just it's like, so to this day it, that so that mansion it's an infamous mansion because it's the story of of this mm-hmm. you know, it's this story of what mm-hmm. happened it's not necessarily withstanding but there are like you know they like i think they either built a replica or it's like a stone house mm. thingy or whatever but there's most and likely that, a memorial for it absolutely um are the bodies buried under i don't Ooh, know. Wow. I don't know what they did with the bodies. Yeah. I don't know what they did with the bones. I'm sure there are legends about what happened I'm sure the they bodies. just threw them in a mass grave like they, they did with most of our black bodies. Yep. I think like, they did that too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it did. And, and the crazy thing is like, I don't think that she was pre- so pressed to leave, to to flee to Alabama and then to Paris. I think she was just like, well, my work here is done. I'm out of here. Yep. Like, I don't think, yeah. I think that they could have, e- clearly they easily found her. They I knew where she was. I think she started the fire and, you know, she. Yeah, that was her escape. Like, yeah. she was like, yeah, that, that was an easy yeah. escape for her. And then for them to not. I mean, we know that they didn't give a fuck, right? This is the 1800s. We know even if she still lived in New Orleans that it wouldn't have been a huge deal anyway. She still would have been known for what she was known for. But it's not like these were still black enslaved people. Like, it's not like they would have cared that much. Um, But that, oh my gosh, honestly, like, I'm going to have nightmares about the breaking of the bones. Isn't that like, oh. And like, the stirring of the brain. I, yeah. I just, I, oh my gosh. It, it's bad. Oh. It's very bad. Very bad. Man, that's so sad. Yeah. That's so sad. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Dude, I just wanted to say, I said it off mic, but like, I'm going to say it again um, in regards to your story. White fucking women, dude. Always get away with everything. Yeah. There's a history, even back in 1775. The fact that they forced her to sell her slaves and then she bought them back like it was nothing. Didn't bat an eye. Oh, man. Crazy. Crazy. Okay. My story today um, is about a woman named Nikki McCowan. Um, This kind of takes us um, to her story um, and a bit of someone else's story, but we'll see when we get there. We'll talk about it when we get there. Okay, Nikki McCowan. Um, She was set to marry her fiancé, Bobby Webster, who she met in high school. Uh, They broke up briefly because he had moved to California. They were from Richmond, um, Indiana. Um, And Nikki had a child during their separation, a daughter. Eventually, Bobby moved back to Indiana and the two reconnected and basically were inseparable since then. Which I always think that's such a cute story. Like high school sweethearts and then they move away because of it could have been college, could have been a job, could have been anything. But then they come back and then they're like, You know what? It's been you. It's been you the whole time. And so, yes, they were said to be married on August 19th of 2001. On July 22nd, 2001, which was three weeks before their wedding, Bobby went to get his tux fitted for the wedding with his cousin and Nikki borrowed his car to go run errands. It was a very normal day. Um, Part of her errands was to go do her laundry. And so she dropped her daughter off at her parents' house and then she went to the laundromat. 
While she was there, there were two men that made extre- that made her extremely uncomfortable. They were giving her a hard time and was pretty much harassing her at the laundromat, which I go to the laundromat um, sometimes and depending on where you go because we live in the hood girl and sometimes it does get a little uncomfortable especially you know depending on who comes in and stuff like that depending on what time you go like sometimes it gets a little weird and so I do try to avoid the laundromat as much as possible um I mean I clean my clothes but I just clean it not at the laundromat I just wanted to say that because people have said that they don't wash themselves Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis don't take showers just found that today anyways Uh, yeah okay girl yeah gonna digest that later it i thought it was quite interesting (laughs) anyways so they made her uncomfortable and she didn't even want to stay there so before she even took her clothes out of the dryer she left and she went back to her parents house She told her mom about what happened at the laundromat and that she just had to get out of there. And her mom said, it's all good. You could just finish your laundry here. Don't even worry about it. No big deal. But Nikki was like, well, my clothes are pretty much done. They're in the dryer. So I'll just wait it out here. Wait till my clothes are finished. By the time I'm done, I'll go back. They'll probably be gone. They probably won't even be there. And so her mom was like, okay, sure. Um... And when the time came that her clothes were done, she waited about an hour or so just to make sure the guys were gone. Um, And yeah, and she left. She, um, sorry, my notes. Okay, yes, she left to go pick her clothes up. But after a few hours, she did not return. Bobby, her fiance, returned home from the mall with his cousin, Mm -hmm. and he saw that she was not there. He noticed that her purse was still at home with all of her belongings, but he figured that she was still at the laundromat. It was normal for her to leave her things at home while she went to the laundromat. I'm assuming it was probably just down the street, went to go do it real quick, whatever it is, what it is. But after hours of waiting for her to come back, she still hadn't returned. Around 7 p.m. that night, he started making phone calls. He asked around to see if she was with anyone, but no one had seen her. He was lying, nah, I'm about to go look for her. So he drove around the neighborhood. He drove by the laundromat to see if she was there. And he basically drove around anywhere she could possibly be. But there was no sign of her. So he ended up driving all the way to Dayton, Ohio, which was about 40 miles away. Nikki worked in Dayton as a correction or I'm sorry, at a correctional facility. She started as a correctional officer, but she made her way to be the head of accounting there. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was a career woman and she loved her job. He thought that maybe something had come up at work. And so he went there to be sure. But when he got there, there was no sign of Nikki there either. Early the next morning, the family filed a missing persons report because now at this point, they know something is really wrong. She didn't return last night. She's not here this morning. They felt they needed to get a head start on looking for her before waiting for the police, which we've said this before. Don't wait for the police. If we ever go missing, God forbid, if we ever go missing, don't wait for the police. Go look for me now. File that report, but start looking for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, they didn't want to wait for the police, so they went back to the last place where she was supposed to be, which was at the laundromat. They went there and they started asking everyone questions. Next door was a small convenience store, and they were able to show the family security footage. The footage was very normal. She came in, bought a soda, and left. They were able to see her car parked out in front, um, and it didn't seem like anybody was following her. And when she left, there was no cars following her, so it seemed pretty normal. They couldn't get surveillance footage from the laundromat, um, only from the convenience store next door. Um, The family began asking questions at the laundromat, but no one seemed to remember who she was. The workers, the customers, anyone that may have been there, it was as if she wasn't there at all. We don't know if she was there or not, but there was no footage. And again, the workers, anyone that may have been there the day before, they were like, we don't know. We didn't see her. Finally, the police got back to the family 
and you can guess what they said. She probably left on her own accord. She had the car and probably just took off. It's never that. It's never that. When is it that? When is it ever that? But the family was like, she's getting married in three weeks. She's super excited about the wedding. She has a young daughter and she loves her job. So why would she just leave? That doesn't make any sense. The family decided, okay, let's wait until her next shift at her job. Once again, she loves her job. She's a career woman. If she doesn't show up to work, something is like really wrong. Like for real, for real. Um, and of course, for her next shift, she did not show up for work. Police started to take it a little bit more seriously, and they looked at her bank account activity, but nothing showed up. She didn't take out money. She, you know, it didn't show that she had any transactions. Um, And then they also did a helicopter search from Richmond to Dayton to try to find her car because the car was still missing as well. They, but they didn't find it. They couldn't find the car. They began questioning Bobby, her fiance. Of course, that's the fiance who's the first person that you question is significant other. And let me tell you, Bobby fucked up. Okay, so one day after she'd gone missing, Bobby called the community college that she had attended. Um, her job was paying for her to take some classes. Bobby called the community college and tried to collect her unused tuition. Which is not a thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> Okay. First of all, you don't get the unused tuition. Yeah, why are you calling and not her? Right, exactly. And why would you get it? Like out of all people. Right. Mm. So it seemed as if um, you know, sometimes when you cancel your classes before a certain date, you get your money back. Yeah. It was like he was trying to get that money. Like he it was almost like trying to like, okay, she's not here, she's not taking the classes. Let's see if we can get that okay. money. But like the the classes were being paid by the her job so even if like you canceled the class to get the money back it's not going to go to you didn't the money didn't come from nikki it came from her job so whatever um yeah so anyways that's all dumb again it's not like he would get the money and it was all like super sketchy she went missing on a sunday and by wednesday bobby had gone to the jeweler and tried to refund her wedding ring okay within that same week he had canceled the entire wedding and demanded all of his deposits be refunded okay isn't that crazy okay that's just yeah okay it says a lot to me yeah right absolutely now when his behavior was called into question he said that he called the school to make sure she didn't have an outstanding loan that she'd be defaulting on like why are you even thinking about that again they always say like always when it comes to like close family members um, of like any victims or missing victims always check whether or not they're talking about them in past tense as if, Ooh, they're never, you know, yeah. as if they never come back yeah. and usually close family members who are truly missing them yeah. they speak in present tense and they think that they are going to come back they, yeah. there's still this hope Right, exactly. Yeah. Like it'd be it's one like thing he has if no like hope at all. No hope yeah. one day after. Yeah. You just filed the missing persons report. She yeah. could still come back. Absolutely. Like hello. Yeah. So the fact that he did that is like yeah, it's it it's so weird and so odd, but that was his excuse. I yeah. wanted to make sure she didn't have an outstanding loan. Yeah. Um And then he said that he went to sell her uh, wedding ring or engagement ring because no one in the family owned a cell phone. Again, this is early 2000s. Um, No one owned a cell phone. And so he wanted to um, use the money to buy the immediate family cell phones because everyone was searching for her and he wanted to make sure that everyone can be connected at all times. Um, So that's why he... So it's like, okay, all right that makes sense (laughs) right like that makes sense it's kind of like you either have something to do with this or 
you sprung right into action and yeah. was like, okay, like this is what we need to do. My fiance is missing. This is what we need to do. This is what needs to be done. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's like kind of scary. There's like a thin line between yeah. <laughs> murderer and like good hero. fiance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Murderer and hero. Right. Exactly. Um, he also took a polygraph test. And one of the questions that was that was asked was, did you know where Nikki went that day or the day she went missing? And he said no, but the test came back as a lie. It showed that he was lying. Mm. When Bobby was asked later about it, Bobby said that they asked it in a way that suggested that he was responsible for her disappearance. So he said no. But he also stated, how can I not feel some kind of responsibility? And so that's what kind of made the polygraph test do like a weird like thing because it was a weird question. So he's like, he was like, no, I'm not responsible. But at the same time, when your fiance goes missing, how do you not feel like, well, what could I have done? Like, am Mm. like, how do you not feel some kind of responsibility? Whatever. It's it's like, it's so fucked up, right? But it's like, okay, you have some good fucking answers here, bruh. Like, you you know what you're talking about a little bit. Okay. So it kind of became a who do you believe type of situation. The detectives or Bobby. At this point, he was a person of interest, but he was not officially a suspect. And I didn't give credit to the information that I'm getting, but I actually got all of this from Crime Junkies, who is another podcast, super dope. Um, And they taught me something on this podcast that a person of interest um is a lot different than a suspect a suspect is we're investigating you in this case Mm -hmm. a person of interest isn't a suspect but they feel like you have information that can further us along Mm -hmm. the investigation Mm -hmm. so once again you're not a suspect but we feel like you have information Um, The case began growing cold um, after a few months, but her family was not going to let it die down. They began trying to solve the case on their own. Um, She was one of 10 children. So they were going hard trying to find out what happened to the point where her brothers like had gotten arrested for harassment. Um, Her brothers were like getting in all this trouble because they were not giving up. They were questioning everybody and that got them into some trouble which is fucked up because it's like they were just looking for their sister you know and it's like they're trying to figure out what happened three and a half months later in november nikki's car or her fiance's car was located and that was in dayton ohio it was about 40 miles away from her apartment um and or from her home and it was parked in an apartment complex the back seat of her car it was pretty freaky. So when they looked in the back seat, um, it kind of seemed like she had just been there. There was nothing but a laundry basket sitting on the back seat with the laundry folded. So assuming it was the same laundry from that day, you know, that's so freaky. Like, Oh, that's weird. Um, yeah. And they found nothing else. They processed the car back in Indiana. They were looking for blood, hair, or any evidence and they found nothing. But in the investigation, they decided, okay, let's look at Dayton, Ohio, rather than Richmond, Indiana, where they were looking in like first. So remember she worked in Dayton, Ohio. Um, and there was a man that also lived there that was a coworker and he lived a quarter mile away from where her car was found. His name was Tommy Swint. There was a rumor that he wanted to be with her, but Nikki didn't see him that way. She saw him more as an older brother. Um, But there was also the possibility that they may have had some sort of relationship. She ended it and he didn't take it well. Tommy Swint had a violent past. He was known to have physically abused women and allegedly tried to rape um, a woman before. The police went to question him, but he refused to speak to the police. So with his refusal, the case began to grow cold again, which I didn't know you could refuse. But I guess if you're not an official suspect, you don't don't necessarily have to. One day, Nikki's family received a call from a psychic and was told that she died on the same day she went to the laundromat and her body could be found in a trench near the laundromat. 
Law enforcement took it seriously and they did a search in that trench, but there was nothing to be found. Authorities then put up a $100,000 reward for Nikki's return, which is a lot. $100,000, that's usually people like they put up like $10,000, $15,000. So $100,000 is a lot, but it makes me feel like law enforcement felt like they were not going to find her. So they put an extreme amount because they knew they weren't going to find her. So that's like oh, it's yeah. so fucked up. And to their and not to their surprise, but they to what I believe that they thought, nobody came forward with any tips. No one knew where Nikki was. 5 years later, the family continued holding candlelight vigils in honor of Nikki and still hoped that anyone would come out with any information. 5 years later, that's crazy. And they just had no idea like no idea what was going on. Okay. On August 30th of 2007, T Tommy Swint became a police officer in a city near Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Indiana PD immediately contacted them and told them that he was a person of interest in an open case. Okay. He was forced to resign and his resignation with his resignation came media coverage. His face was posted everywhere. And that's when an anonymous tip came in saying that Tommy needed to be looked into further for a different unsolved murder from 1991. It was for the murder of a woman named Tina Marie Ivory. Um, I like that name because of the singer Tina Marie and she also had an album called Ivory. Oh, wow. So I can't help but think that yeah. they named her after that. Yeah. Okay. So they looked into him for that case and after comparing old DNA evidence, they find that he was a match. Oh God. Tina Marie Ivory was found by tree trimmers who were working in Dayton. Oh. Um, and uh, a worker noticed something strange in a trash heap. Amid the broken furniture and other junk, he saw a blanket that was formed into a body. What he saw was actually a quilt, which had been taped around a woman's body. The woman was nude from waist down. Under the quilt were two plastic trash bags, one over her legs and one over her head and torso. Those bags were taped together. The woman had no identification, but wore several pieces of jewelry. Her panties, pants, jacket, and shoes were inside the bag over her legs. Coroner's investigator or coroner's um, investigators identified Tina Marie Ivory through her fingerprints. She was 33 years old and she was known to have used drugs and was a um, sex worker. Um, and they also found that she was strangled to death. So with that evidence, of course, they found that he was a match. They were able to indict him for Tina Marie's murder on February 3rd. When they went to go arrest him, they showed up to his home. And when they approached the front door, all they heard was a gunshot. They forced the front door open and Tommy had taken his own life with his gun. So with the DNA evidence and everything that they had, they were able to close the unsolved murder of Tina Marie Ivory. But unfortunately, they were unable to question him in the case of, Min of Nikki McCowan. They thought they found Nikki's remains in Spencer, Indiana, but the DNA results were inconclusive. So Nikki McCowan is still listed as a missing person. Of course, they want to believe that Tommy Swint also murdered Nikki, but unfortunately, we'll never know because he took his own life. The only thing that comes with that is that the way that Tina Marie was murdered was like, it just, if he had an M.O., these are two totally different women. Like Tina Marie Ivory was a little bit older. She was 33. Again, she used drugs and she was a sex worker where Nikki McCowan was the total opposite. She was a career woman. She was doing very well. She was getting ready to get married. Her life was in a, uh, it was in a totally different place than Tina Marie Ivory was. So there's that thing of like, was it him or not? 
you know, we don't know. But again, we'll never know. And no one has found the remains of Nikki McCowan either. And uh, that's the story. No, that's not it. That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's the story. Fuck. Yeah, it's still she's still a missing person. It is still an open case. Oh, um, no. We again, we don't know if it was Tommy Swint, and and we still don't know if it was her fiance. Or yeah, fiance. Oh, but she is still a list listed as a it's missing just, person. It's one of those cases where it could go in either direction. It, yeah, you just don't know. And I will yeah, say, like, I did read somewhere that the. Um, the brothers still kind of feel like it was her fiance, especially given all of the weird moves that yeah. he was making the week of her disappearance. Um, and then they're just like, we just, we just don't know. The only thing too is that he was with his cousin getting a fitted tuck. So I'm gonna assume that they looked into that, yeah. into his alibi. I'm gonna assume. Yeah. Um, but the fucked up thing is like she said that she was being harassed by someone at the laundromat and that laundromat didn't have cameras. So they weren't able to go back and see who might have been messing with yeah. her. And the people they questioned at the laundromat, they when had they no made idea. it to the laundromat, they, they more than likely was not there that day. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's just oh, so sad. So crazy, so sad. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Two very disturbing stories. I think that your story might give me nightmares tonight. It's it's so graphic. It's so graphic. Yeah. I'm, you know, and you know, we've talked about like slave movies, right? Yeah. And how they do get very graphic um, and how it's so gut-wrenching to watch our people, mm-hmm. you know, and know that when we're watching the movie, it's not just a movie to no, us. Like, this, this is, is very this real. Is this actually and happened. it could be as bad as that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, oh, I'm sure she wasn't the first. Uh, yeah. And definitely not the last. Yeah. Like, it, it just it just reminds me of that because it's so real and so, oh, I just, yeah. oh, that stuff just makes me want to break down. Yep. To know that our ancestors had to go through such turmoil. Yeah. And then also not even being able to seek justice or closure. At all. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. Not even just for the victims of my story, but the victim of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That is sad. So sad. Well, you guys, thanks for um, joining us for another yeah. week of co- – I was about to say belligerent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of cocktail murder. Again, we talk about murder. We talk about victims of color and black victims yes. because those are the stories that go unsolved, underreported. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we definitely want to make sure that we bring these stories to light. We say those victims' names even though – Unfortunately, in your story, we didn't have any no. victims' names. That's for, how fucked up it is. Except for, for Leah. And that's not yes. her real name, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, such, so much mm-hmm. erasure mm-hmm. of of people. We don't even know yeah. who they are because we we didn't, we weren't even allowed to know who we were. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, oh, it's so fucked up. Like, I'm about to go on a whole nother rant about this shit. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, thank you. Um, visit us on Instagram at Cocktail Murder. We go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. PST. We give you more stories. We drink a lot more. Mm-hmm. And um, we get to interact with you guys, which is my favorite part, honestly. So yeah. we hope to see you there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's cheers it out to the next murder. Cheers. Clink, clink. Clink, clink. <laughs> Bye, guys.